Welcome to the Generations Church podcast. This is Brian Nugent, and I'm the pastor at Generations Church. Thanks for listening today. We hope this message is an encouragement and blessing to your life. For more information about Generations Church and its ministries, check out our webpage at gctlh.org or follow us on Facebook, Instagram, YouTube, and Twitter. This morning, Luke chapter 15, I want to preach uh, what's missing, what's missing. So there's a, there's a story in the Bible about, that Jesus gives about two sons, okay? Now, most of the time, we only hear about one son, but today we're going to look at, you know, we're going to look at both of them because Jesus introduces the story as the man with two sons. So we're going to look at both of them today. Now, to kind of set the story up, the uh, father, he's done pretty well for himself. It looks like he's got large home with some property. He's got some servants. Uh, he's uh, got some money. Uh, he's even, you know, he's even got, you know, an inheritance that is, you know, hanging out there for uh, his children and, you know, just kind of, you know, life's going well. And it seems from the story that he's got a loving home and he's a loving, he's a loving person. Now he's got one son who is faithful, stayed home, obeyed the rules. He's got another son that is young and impulsive, always pushing the boundaries. Anybody else's household look like that? Does that sound familiar to anyone? So we're going to read and kind of work our way through this story this morning. But I want you to see some wonderful things about God's love for us this morning. So in this passage, I want you to see that God loves us and He is crazy about us. God loves us and He is crazy about us. So the the son comes, the younger son comes to the father and says, Hey, I want, I want you to give me my inheritance. Okay? Now listen, that's kind of insulting, right? Like, what if your child came and said, Look, I want you to determine what I'm going to get at your death, and let's just cash me out right now, okay? I would have a response from them, and it might be a word from the Lord for them too. You know, I mean, that's just almost insulting, but the father says, okay, I'm going to give you what you've got got coming. So you know the story, you know, the, he takes the money and he starts to spend the money. And he goes a long way away from home and he starts to spend the money on what the Bible says is wild living. And once all the money is gone, a famine comes. A famine. So he can't get a job. He can't, he can't get other food. Man, he is in trouble. And I mean, it, this famine is so bad that he is watching the pigs eat and he is envious of the food that the pigs, you know, that the pigs are eating. So, you know, he comes to him, he comes to his senses, you know, uh, and he starts thinking, man, my father has servants, you know, uh, and they, and just the food the servants have, you know, is better than what I'm eating. And I'm, I'm starving here. So here's what I'm going to do. I'm going to go back home. I'm going to tell my father that I am sorry that I have messed up and 
listen, you don't have to take me back in the family house. I know that I've blown this relationship. If you'll just let me be a servant in the servant's quarters, you know, that's good enough for me. If you'll, I don't expect to be put back in the family, but if you'll just let me be a servant, then, then I am fine. So he, that, he's kind of, you know, that's his determination. He gets up, he starts going back to the house, and he's, you know, kind of, maybe he's kind of rehearsing, he's kind of rehearsing this speech. You know, hey, I, I've blown it, I've done some really dumb things, I don't know what I was thinking. You know, if you'll just take me back. Anybody else had to rehearse one of those speeches before? You know, one of those, hey, I've been so dumb speeches, please forgive me speech. Anybody ever had to rehearse that, give that speech to anyone? And he starts, you know, going over what this speech is going to look like. He gets closer to the house and he sees the house on the horizon and someone starts running toward him. Now that can't be good news. That's not good news at all, right? Somebody's running toward him and he looks a little closer and he recognizes kind of the way the person's running and also the, the robe that the person had on and he's like, that's my father, that's really not good news, right? That's bad news when the father's when the father's running out for him, but the father comes and and he runs and he just kind of jumps on him and he hugs him and he starts, you know, he starts kissing him and you know, and listen, listen, men, we don't do that, right? I mean, we're we're not we don't kiss other men. We don't, you know, they're just man, he's just jumped on him and he's kissing and he's very he's very emotional and 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 the son starts to make the speech, you know, I got to make this speech, dad. But the father didn't even give him the chance to make the speech. He said, listen, here's what I want you to do. I want you to go to the house and I want you to get his robe. Get the family robe and bring it back to him. And while you're at the house, go get him the family ring. Like every family kind of had a, a ring that had its own signature to it. Go get him the family ring and put it back on his finger. And while you're doing that, get the best calf that you can, that, that you have. We're gonna, we're gonna celebrate tonight. We're going to rejoice because my son who was dead is now alive. My son who was lost is now found. And tonight we're going to celebrate. God loves us and he's crazy about us. How can we see that in that passage? Because God ran to us. He's running. He's running. He loves us so much. In this story, we see that's kind of an unusual picture of God running toward His creation. I want to remind you this morning that God loves you, that we are not a product of scientific experiment. Uh, uh, scientific experiment. We are a creation of God made in the image of God. God doesn't stand there looking at you and I this morning with a finger pointed or shaking His head in disappointment or with a stone to throw at how we failed God. If you see an image this morning, I want you to see an image of God running towards you because He loves you. He loves you this morning. He loves us and He's crazy about us. God loves us and He's provided for us. We see that in Genesis chapter 2. He makes the moon and the stars and the sun. He makes the lakes and the rivers and the oceans. He makes the plants for, for beauty. How many of you are a flower person? You got your, your flowers out there, your little garden. You love 
grass and trees. Man, that's God's provision for you. He, he, he gave us plants for, for uh, beauty. He gave us plants for food. Now, I don't know where eggplant and Brussels sprouts, you know, go in that. In that. I mean, but who am I to question God's plan? So I don't know where that means. But, you know, he, he provided for us with food, animals, animals for pleasure. How many of you have a little dog that you love around your house, just love? How many of you have a cat? I don't know about cats. I don't know. That's really stretching it, okay? He gives us animals for our pleasure. He gives us animals for protein. I don't want to offend the vegetarians, so I'm just going to move right on. But you know what I'm talking about. He, he made this whole thing. And then when he gets done, he kneels down. He takes a little dust and he breathes into this dust. And man and woman appear. Uh, Genesis says God created man in his own image. And in the image of God, he created them, male and female. God blessed them and said be fruitful increase in number fill the earth and subdue it rule over the fish of the sea the birds in the sky over every living creature so he made this great creation and he handed us the keys to this creation and you can see his love for us displayed in his creation every morning when there's a beautiful sunrise or a sunset or you sit on the beach and you look at the expanse of the water or you go up into the mountains or you're on the lake or even if you're a golfer you get out there early enough the dew is out there on the fairway with that little white ball and you just have a spiritual experience and then you shank it in the woods and that moment is gone but you understand what I'm talking about all right, so he's made, his, his love for us is, is, is displayed for us in his creation. He loves us and he's crazy about us. He loves us and he's provided for us. He loves us and he wants us, he wants to know us personally. We can see this in Exodus 20. He says, you won't have uh, any gods before me or don't make for yourself any image in any form. You should not bow down to them or worship them for I the Lord your God will, but will show love to a thousand generations of those who love and keep my commandments. He's saying, hey listen, don't waste your time on these idols because you don't serve a dead God. You serve the living God and it's my heart to show love to you for a thousand a thousand generations. So this is not just a system of obedience and rules. This is a God that loves His creation and wants you to know this morning that He wants to share His love for a thousand generations to you. He wants to know us personally. He wants to know us personally. God loves us. And He was moved at our brokenness. God looks into the the depth of the human heart. And he sees the sin in the darkness, in the brokenness that was in our, in our heart. He sees the real me. But he still loves me. He still loves me. I tell, I tell couples who are, who are engaged, you know, because when you're engaged for a long period of time, you put on the best show, right? You put on the best show. So when the young lady goes to visit the young man at, her, at his parents' home, she looks in his room and she sees a bed made, all clothes picked up with a little candle on the dresser, right? 
that candle he did not put there. That's his mother, okay? So at some point in this relationship, about 9 o'clock on a Saturday morning, you just need to show up and look at that room because how that room looks at that moment is how your room's going to look out the rest of your marriage, okay? Or the young lady... She always spends time. She's got cosmetics. She's got makeup. She's got all that going on looking great, okay? But some morning at 9 o'clock on Saturday, the young man needs to show up, just knock on the door, and you get to see the real show at that point, okay? All right? You get to, and, and then, then you decide, well, I, I love them. Even at their worst, I love them. Even when they're not at their best, I love them. And that's what the Lord He looked at us, and he saw us at our worst, and he saw us in our sin, and he he wasn't moved to judgment, okay? It was his love that, that moved him to the cross. Look at what Romans says, but God demonstrates his love toward us, that while we were yet sinners... Christ died for us. Intentions are one thing. Demonstrations are another. It says he demonstrated his love for us. He did not feel a disconnected sympathy for humanity. But he saw our brokenness and he was moved. And it said while we were yet sinners. So we weren't getting any nicer. We weren't getting any more godly. We weren't getting any kinder. We weren't getting any less violent. While we were yet sinners, uh, uh, while we were yet sinners, Christ died for us. I want you to know this morning, there's nothing that I can do to make God love me more, and there's nothing that I can do to make God love me less. He saw our darkness. He saw our sin, and He was moved to the cross of Jesus Christ because of His love for us. For God so loved the world that He gave His only Son that whosoever should believe in Him uh, should have eternal life. Give give it up for the Lord's God's love for us this morning. He loves us. He loves us. God loves us and He's crazy about us. God loves us and has provided for us. God loves for us and wants to know us personally. God loves, loves us and was moved at our brokenness. God loves us and He made us part of the family. First John, how great is the love the Father has lavished on us where we should be called children of God and that's what we are how much does he love us he loved us enough to go hey I want you to be part of the family because adoption really is the ultimate act of love human love right when you when you're so moved at a situation you go hey wow I just want to give you a little give you a little food I don't want to just give you some clothes but you know what I'm gonna bring you in I'm gonna make you part of the family Man, that is a huge demonstration for lo- of love. So how do I know that God loves me? He adopted me. And when He adopted me, that there, there's a legal distinction that occurs because my old life, everything, my debts, everything that I had in an old life, it is gone. It is gone because I have a new legal distinction. I have a new family I am part of a a new a new family here and this is not he, he's not just doing this uh, uh, just the legality of it he's doing because he loves us and he wants us in this family so how does how do we know God loves us man 
He adopted us in his family. And Paul describes it this way, and I love it. Romans chapter 8. He said, because I'm convinced, because when you're part of the family, it doesn't matter what happened, because there's a family bond. There's a family bond. So Paul says, I'm convinced. He says, I've been thinking about this, about God's love. I've been thinking about it. But now I've come to some conclusions about God's love, and I'm going to tell you about it. I am convinced that neither death nor life, okay? Doesn't mean when I, when I die, I'm, I'm in the presence of God. Or life, whatever happens to me now or wherever I go. Nor angels nor demons. Doesn't matter what the enemy has laid out for my life. It doesn't matter, okay? No, neither the present nor the future. That means COVID. It doesn't matter. It, it means uncertainty that we're walking through. It doesn't matter. Obstacles that I face or whatever comes my way. Neither height nor depth or anything in all creation. So he's trying to give you a mental image of God's love. That it doesn't matter how high the mountain is, how deep the valley is. It doesn't matter who may come against you personally. And here is his conclusion. Anything else in all creation will be able to separate us from the love of God, which is in Christ Jesus. And man, that makes me excited this morning because it reminds me when Jesus... Jesus left the the 99 and he went after the one. It shows the value and the love that he has for me. I want you to know this morning, if you're depressed and you've got anxiety, it doesn't matter because God's coming after you. It doesn't matter this morning if you are, are, are drowning in addiction this morning. He does not give up on you. He's coming after you. He is relentless if you are hurting. He is, he doesn't, he's under deterred if you rejected him in the past. God's love for you is unending and your value to him has no, has no monetary value. It's so rich. The love of God. Give the Lord praise this morning. I want you to feel love. I want you to know. I want you to know that you're loved this morning. God loves you. Man, you're precious in God's sight. What's missing? What's missing? What's missing? So when I was pastoring in Kentucky, I, I, was, doing, I was doing some marriage counseling. And, man, ooh, this was a challenge, all right? And, I mean, I'm giving it my best shot. I'm, I'm laying it all on the line. This couple is a challenge, you know. We went through communication because they're all, you know, just kind of arguing all the time. We talked about that. We talked about money and how they spent their money. We talked about their friend groups and, you know, uh, having time together and arguing. And I mean, we went through just basic kindness to each other. And I'm trying to deal with the symptom of each. But I come to a conclusion at the very end, and I told them, you guys have fallen out of love for each other. You guys have fallen out of love for each other. Because a lot of this stuff that we're talking about, the symptoms of this, are rooted in the fact that a love that you once had is now gone. And if you're ever, I can't solve a communication issue or a money issue or a time issue or a hobby issue. I cannot solve that if there is not the basic love that you have for each other. I can't solve that. And no counselor can, okay? 
I want to just, what's, what's missing? What's missing? Listen to me. Like an infant who is born, you know, into a family, they have no idea of the love that those parents have. They have no idea. Little Everly's not with us this morning. She's in the nursery. She's born, she's born into this family, but she has no conception of how much they love her. They, she, in her mind, she just sees this nice lady and this loud man who on occasion give them some food and, and treat her nice, but she really doesn't know or understand or comprehend the love that is that she was born into or that awaits her over the course of her life. And I just want to tell you something. That's the way it is, you know, when we come into this world. We have no idea sometimes of how much God loves us. We're just oblivious sometimes of the, the passionate love that God has for you and I. And then there comes a moment when the Holy Spirit begins to speak to you and reveal to you the love of God. And it's a life-changing moment when you realize how much God loves you. It's a life-changing moment. And we have this experience with God. I'm sitting on the back row of the church because that's where I sat. I probably at 17 years of age had heard 500 sermons because I had no choice whether I was going to church or not. I was raised in that family, and I'm thankful for that family too. Okay, Sitting on the back row on a Sunday night in a foul mood because I didn't want to be there on a Sunday night. All right, I even faked trying to do homework. That's how much I didn't want to be there. But you know what? sat there 500 times sitting on the back row. And it was just something that night. Man, just something that night that just started touching my heart. God started to reveal to this hard-hearted, smart-mouthed God that had been raised in church, that had seen everything in church, been to hundreds of Pentecostal church services. God just started speaking to me that night, sitting on the back row. I don't know what it was. I couldn't tell you what he preached on. But man, God just started showing me how much he loved me. And I stood up. I had never been down to the altar. But when they gave the altar call, I stood up. I started walking down to the front. And I got to the front row. And I just fell on my knees. And I just called out to God. And I had this transformative moment that the, the Holy Spirit, when He revealed His love to me. And I want you to know, and everybody's salvation experience is different. But I just want you to know I was changed from that moment. I was transformed by the love of God when it was revealed. Sometimes we're born in this thing and we don't really realize how much God loves us. And I felt it. I felt it that night and it changed me. You can go back and probably tell the same story in your own way of the time, man, when it just the light bulb went on. It was the time you heard a hundred messages. Some of you maybe have a similar story, but man, it, it, the light bulb went on. Some of your story may be, I was in a ditch. I was, I was in jail. I was strung out on drugs. Whenever All of our stories are different, but there's one common thing that when God really reveals His love to us, there is a transformative moment that occurs in our lives. Man, we start to serve. I'm just telling you. 
my life, my life was different from that, from that moment. But something happens after that. For whatever, for whatever reason. Things start to happen over the course of life. And we just kind of find ourselves getting cold, separating, kind of fading. How does it happen? Sometimes it's a church experience, a relationship that ends bad. It happens in church sometimes. Get your feelings hurt for whatever. Get on the outs with someone, maybe even a leader, you know. And, and somehow through, through that relationship experience, we start to kind of drift. Something that happened here, we let it affect, we let it affect our walk with God. And it just starts to put some distance between me and the Lord. Or something happens in our life that we don't understand. Sometimes there's a, a premature death that we have to deal with. There's an unemployment. There's some kind of tragedy that happens in our life, and we have trouble putting putting the theology together with, you know, with with the character that we know from God, and we find ourselves kind of disappointed and distant, and we kind of just stray in that in that moment. It just kind of some distance starts to occur, or we just simply drift and grow cold in our relationship with God for whatever reason. <clears throat> for whatever reason, we just start to drift and just kind of over a period of time. But we know that something's missing. We know that something's not the way that it was. We go to church. And we just have to have to kind of make ourselves go to church. It's just gotta we find ourselves missing more and more. There's no passion to go or to watch online. All right. Sometimes we go because it would look bad if I wasn't there. So we just kind of go out of duty and obligation. But the heart of why we used to go is, is gone. We get in our worship time, and there's no worship that moves us anymore. We're just singing the songs that are up on the screen, but it's just coming out of our head. It's not coming out of our heart. Our devotions, our devotions are few and far between. We're really busy now. We're really busy. And when we go, it's just very mechanical. We don't really get anything out of it so it just there's there's greater gaps in the time that we used to love to, to spend time with the Lord ministries that we used to be involved in and love we kind of we're busy now we kind of pull ourselves out of out of out of that trying to live for God our standards and morals have changed over a period of time things that in the way that we used to live now man we're not we're not living that way anymore and what's missing you know something's missing it's just not the way that it used to be you know something's missing and i want to tell you it's your love for god to grown cold for whatever reason there's there's this distance between there's this distance between you and the lord jesus 
Jesus even dealt with this. He talked about this growing separation. Matthew 15. He he said, these people honor me with their lips, but their hearts are far from me. What? I'm singing the songs. I'm singing the words. But you're not singing it from the heart. This is what Jesus said. There would be a generation that would kind of just go through the motions, but it wasn't coming from their heart. He said in Revelations, you've forsaken the love that you've had at first. That love, that initial love, that initial passion that you had at the very beginning. He said, man, that's gone. You've walked away. And then he says, consider how far you've fallen. Because when that love for God's not there, we find ourselves straying and drifting slowly away from God. I want you to look over your life, maybe over the last three years. I want you to see how you were serving Maybe what's going on in your life now? He said in Matthew 24, talking about the end times, he said, because of the increase of wickedness, the love of many will grow cold. That's to the church. Because of wickedness that we have opened ourselves up to, he said the love for God will grow cold. And he's speaking to believers last day. Believers, what is missing? What's missing? What's the missing component? It's our love for God. And it's grown cold. And we are distant. And we have drifted. We have drifted away. Let me finish this story. The older son, he comes home. He comes home and he's at work. He's at work. So he has no idea that the other son's coming home, but when he comes home, he hears music. He hears music, and he asks a servant, he said, what is happening? He said, listen, your brother is home, and we are having a celebration. Come on in. And he was so mad, he was so angry, that he could not even go to, in, into the party of, to celebrate his brother's return. As a matter of fact, he wouldn't go in and the father comes out, the father comes out of the of the uh, party and begins to speak to him and the and the son says, "All these years I've been slaving for you, never disobeyed your orders. You never you never gave me even a young goat so I could celebrate with my friends." Listen. This young man, he lived closer to the father than anyone. But he didn't really know him. He didn't really know him. He didn't didn't know him. He was living in obedience and duty and obligation and routine. But he wasn't living in relationship. And the love that the father was showing to the other son, it made him jealous. He saw that open love and he was so jealous. And and, And the father... The father said, hey, all I have is yours too. You have access to this same thing. He's living in close proximity. He's dotting every I. He's crossing every T. He's doing everything right. But he's not knowing the father in relationship. He's not knowing him in loving relationship. He's missing something 
He's going by all the rules, but he's missing the heart of the Father. We've retreated to obedience and rules and obligations, but we've missed out on the loving relationship with our Father. We've missed that. We know everything. We can play a good game, but we've missed out on something that God wants us to have. There's a relationship. He doesn't want you in rules and obligation. He wants you in relationship. Brent, worship team, you can come. You can come. Because when the love is there, when the love is there, attendance is not a problem. It's joyful. We want to go to the house of God. See God's people. It's not a duty and obligation on Sunday. You don't, do, you don't do it because somebody might not see that you're there. You're like David in the book of Psalms when he said, I was glad when they said to me, let me go to the house of the Lord. Sunday is a time to go be in God's house. And when you stand there and the song lyrics come up on the word, on the, on the screen, the difference in that Singing it with your head, you're singing it with a heart of love, and it's not just a song that rolls off the lips, but it's worship that touches the, the heart of God. Your devotional time. Hey, if you if you can't do it, you miss it. You miss that time with the Lord, because that was great time. That's your secret place. Miss that time. You're more faithful to it when you when you don't have to do it out of duty and obligation. You just want to be there because you love God. You have God's heart. You see the world, and there's all kinds of ministry opportunities. Man, you want to sign up for everything because you love God. Ministry, ministry flows out of a love for God, not duty and obligation. Trying to live for God. Trying to live for God and live a holy and righteous life is completely different when you love. When the love's not there, then it becomes rules and regulations and legalism. But when you love, you'll make any sacrifice. You'll do anything. Nothing is too great for the one that you love. And you can walk in sanctification and obedience and it becomes much easier because it's coming out of a heart of love. It's coming out of a heart of love. That's what's missing. That's what's missing. We're standing, some are standing like, like a loveless bride on the wedding day mind drifted to something else you really wish you were somewhere else your heart's not in that your heart's not in that moment that's what we stand there like a loveless bride on the wedding day let me tell you he's calling you back he's calling you back Jesus Jesus said love me with all your heart all your soul all your mind strength and I promise when you find yourself there even as a believer even as a believer man you find something completely different in your heart you find 
something re- really different. It reignites some things in your life when we open ourselves back up to it's not rules and regulations. It's all about love. It's all about love. It's all about love. You know, let the worship team just sing this song. If you want to come to the altar, if you want to kneel, if you want to worship, however, I just feel like God's speaking to us this morning. I want to tell you I've had this message in my heart for a couple of months. We don't want to be the loveless bride. We're on the, on the, on the brink of the, one of the greatest events that the world has ever known. We don't want to be that loveless bride. sing this song and go into a time of worship, I just want to encourage you just to maybe find a place at your seat or find a place in these altars and just get before you and God and just say, Lord, I need to come back to a heart of worship, to a place of God back in love with you. Let's not let, this, let's not let our relationship continue just with lovelessness and just the rules, but let's fall back in love with you this morning.
my God. Cause Jesus, you don't owe me anything. Look more than anything that you can do. I just want you. Oh, I just want you. And nothing else. Come on. Sing nothing else. Nothing else will do. I just want you. Come on, tell her. But nothing else. Oh God. Nothing else. Nothing else will do. I just want you. Nothing else. Nothing else. Tell them. Nothing else will do. I just want you. Nothing else, God. Nothing else. Nothing else will do. Come on, let it cry out. Just want you, God. Nothing else. Oh, nothing else. No one else will do. Come on, keep singing that. I just want. Just worship him in this place and sing it out. I'm not here for blessing. You don't owe me, God. Because Jesus, you don't owe me anything. But more than anything Come on, tell the Lord. I just want you. Just want you. I just want. Come on, sing it out. Look, nothing else, God, in this place today. Oh, nothing else will do.
Come sing these with Brent. Sing these verses again. Yes, I'm sorry. Sing it to him. Sing it to the Lord. When I'm just going through the motions, I'm sorry. When I'm just singing another song, take me back to where I started. I open up my heart to you. Can we just take a moment? I just want you to talk to the Lord this morning. What do you need to say to him? Somebody's drawing you back. Somebody's drawing you back. You don't have to leave that first love. It doesn't have to be a distant memory. There's something new and fresh that the Lord wants to do in your heart. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Just take a moment. Just talk to him this morning. Thank you. So, Lord, this morning, I pray. I pray for those that are away from God this morning for whatever reason. I pray for those that are cold. Their hearts are hard. I pray over them this morning, Lord, that that hardness will be melted by the love of their Father, reminded of their Father. Lord, I pray for those who are cold and hard-hearted. I pray for those that have been drifting just for years they've been drifting Lord I pray that they will feel that pull back Lord I pray Lord for for, for those that have just had issues in their life and they've separated themselves from you Lord I pray I pray for those that just need to reconnect this morning I pray for those that need to just come back fresh this morning I pray for those that just need to start over Just start over again. Lord, I pray, I pray, I pray for those that need to just come back to the love to to God that they had. Lord, I pray if that's you, today's your day, today's your day, today's your day. Thank you, Lord. Do that chorus. Let's do nothing else. I'm going to let you go. Come on, sing it. Sing it. Sing it. Sing it. Nothing else will do. Just want you Nothing else Nothing else Nothing else will do
God's word to someone this morning. There's some, you're just, this isn't a random kind of thing. God's speaking to some of you. He's trying to identify something in your heart when you're kind of going, hey, what's going on with my life? It's, this, is, this is kind of the answer. This is the answer. I love you guys. Thank you for staying a little longer with us. Altars are still open. I'm going to be down here at the front. If you're online, you need prayer, you want to need a follow-up uh, from one of our pastors or staff just put prayer, you know, contact me. We will, we will do that. Amen. Amen. Give the Lord a hand clap of praise for His love. He loves us. He loves us. He loves us. God bless you. God bless you. You're dismissed this morning. Thank you for listening to the Generations Church Podcast. We hope you enjoyed the message today and pray God's greatest blessings on you. For more information about Generations Church and its ministries, check out our webpage at gctlh.org or follow us on Facebook, Instagram, YouTube, and Twitter.